In this episode, we're going to cover multi-tenancy in Rails applications. Now, if you're not familiar with multi-tenancy, it's basically a way to uh, separate or sequester your records based upon the account that's currently being logged in or visible. So that can come from a multitude of different uh, ways. And one of those is, uh, my example here is FreshBooks. If you go to a subdomain.freshbooks.com, you have an account there and you set up this subdomain when you register. You're probably familiar with this. Basecamp used to do it and a whole bunch of other sites used to do it. And this allows them to take a look at the subdomain and then all of the records that are ever accessed through that subdomain are um, users, projects, you name it, through that specific account that's attached to the subdomain. So we can do that using a gem called apartment. And in a future pro episode, we're going to do this from scratch so you can understand how this works. Now, apartment is a pretty great gem. It uh, is pretty simple. And you have a simple installation process. And uh, you basically create these tenants. And this tenant would be the subdomain that you want. So you'll replace tenant name with that. So you'll grab um, this information from the user when they register and then automatically create an, a tenant accordingly. Now in apartment, it actually goes the extra step and creates a separate PostgreSQL schema or if you're using SQLite, it will create a separate database for those uh, records, which is really nifty. So this separates data out into different databases effectively um, within the same system. So that's really cool and something that uh, can be a little tricky to set up from scratch. So using this gem is really helpful to do that. So let's just get started and take a look at what we can do. Uh, I'm going to grab the apartment gem from Ruby Gems. Copy that to the clipboard. So let's create a new Rails application called Project Management. And then let's CD into the application, open up Vim, jump into our gem file, and then paste in that apartment line here at the bottom. Now we can run bundle to install the apartment gem, and then we can uh, create the installer. So let's run uh, Rails G apartment install. And this will create an apartment config file for us. So we can open that up in the config initializers apartment.rb file. And we'll see here that uh, there's a bunch of configuration stuff for us to use. Now, uh, you'll want to take a look at this and set it up for your application. So this is going to be different for everything. Um, in one case, uh, by default, they use subdomains to split out the tenants, but this isn't actually wired up until we modify the application.rb to add in some middleware. So 
uh, reading through some of these other ones though, you'll want to take a look at this. So excluded models is gonna be important. Most of the time you're gonna want your user records to be um, global to your application. You won't have users that necessarily belong only to a certain subdomain. Uh, if that's the case, you'll have to set that up differently. But in this case, we're gonna set up users so that they're global and they're available on any subdomain. Now, the list of tenant names here is also important. And apartment needs to be able to look all of those up easily and the recommendation here is to pull them out of the database. So imagine we have a user model that has a subdomain um, attribute on it and so the user is the one that registers and gets their own subdomain. So you would say user.pluck the subdomain attribute off of them. This would create that array of all of the subdomains that are available. And then apartment knows which subdomains to respond to um, on the uh, various requests that come in. Now I'm actually gonna comment out this excluded models section real quick and we'll go create the users for our application right now. So let's generate a scaffold for the user model and it will just accept an email and a subdomain. We won't do any passwords or authentication around them because this is just our example application. Um, in, you could use devise for that uh, and it would work just the same way, so long as you add the subdomain attribute on there. So we should be able to exclude the user model now and then the only other thing we need to do to set up subdomains is to add our middleware into um, the application.rb file there. Now, uh, the line that you'll wanna grab here is the config middleware.use and this is going to allow you to um, intercept those application requests and, uh, and automatically switch the uh, tenant that's active based on the subdomain. You can do the same thing um, with domains or the host as well. And then if you want to build something custom to do this, uh, so maybe you want to include both domains and subdomains, and have precedence there or something, you would be able to do that as well. So we're going to paste in just the subdomain one here and take a look at what we've got. Now, of course, the first step here is to run rakedb migrate and we'll see that apartment's gonna give us some output here saying that there's no tenants and it can't migrate for no tenants. So what this is actually saying is that every time you run a migration, it keeps the schemas in sync for the various tenants in your application. So the database is separated based on these schemas and uh, your application has multiple, effectively, databases. So your user records are separated out nicely, but they can run on the same system, which is cool. So now that we've created our users database, and this one is a global one to our application. We've set this up such that it's excluded from being a tenant. It's the one that controls which tenants are available. And our apartment.rb file is going to do that. So if we now, um, if we now create one of these, uh, in the browser, let's start the Rails application and then go create a user in the browser. 
we're going to see that nothing is going to, to work for us. So if we do this normally and create a user in a subdomain, this isn't going to create a tenant in the apartment gem. And the way to do that is to run the uh, apartment tenant create method. And we need that to actually run after the user's created. So I'm going to have uh, create tenant. Uh, tenant and help if I could spell and uh, we're going to paste the create tenant method in and then uh, call that using the subdomain attribute so I'm gonna make this a private method and we will save that so now when we create users apartment will know to create a tenant based on the subdomain and we only need to do this once it's created um, that will automatically happen and the other thing that they have basically here is apartment tenant switch now this is called automatically because we've added the middleware in the middle this middleware is going to look up the subdomain on the user and then it will go and switch automatically for us so this is the only line that we need to actually add to our application to handle this that's pretty cool so if we do chris at go rails or chris oliver at one month um, and we make a one month subdomain we can create this user and that's all that's happened there's nothing else uh, that's going on the user got created the tenant got created with apartment, and that's simply it. Now, in development, you can't use the local host domain, uh, or it's sort of a fake domain. You can't use localhost to reference subdomains, and you can't use IP addresses either. So someone registered the lvh.me domain, and this actually points to 127.0.0.1. So this is actually just going to work like localhost but it, because it's a real domain it allows us to test locally with subdomains so you want to use lvhme instead and when you request that you'll get the application just as you expected but now it allows you to do subdomains at the beginning so you could type in subdomain at the beginning but you're going to get a tenant not found error and that's of course because the subdomain, named subdomain, is not uh, listed in the apartment uh, config here. So apartment.rb, tenant names is called every time that a subdomain is requested, and it looks to see if it's in this array. And user.pluck subdomain, of course, is just going to give us one month right now. So if we type in one month here, We'll see that the application actually responds and we have working subdomains in our app. Now, if we were to add another user, so if we do Chris at GoRails and we add the GoRails subdomain, then I still show up on the one month LVH me. If we go to the main, we show up. And then also if we go to GoRails.LVHMe, um, it's the exact same output and that is because these users are not scoped um, they are excluded from the multi-tenancy of the application so to test out the actual multi-tenancy here 
let's generate a scaffold for a project and we'll give them titles. And you're gonna notice here that what I did is I just generated a project without any uh, association. So I didn't add a user ID to the project. And this is because uh, apartment is going to know which tenant we're in and it's going to automatically scope things for us because it's gonna insert it into the separate schema. And that is going to allow us to build our application in a way that is modular like that without having to worry about it. So as you can see now, when we run rakedb migrate, um, the existing tenants also get the migrations applied to them. So one month and go rails both got uh, projects and so did the main application. So this allows your uh, migrations to run across all these tenants and the more tenants that you create, the more of these that will run, but uh, everyone will stay in sync that way. So now we can go to the project section of the GoRails subdomain and you'll see there's no projects, but let's create one called screencasts and let's create another one called uh, forum. And if we switch our subdomain, we should see that these projects have only stayed in the GoRails section. So if we go over to one month subdomain, there's no projects there. And that's because they're looking in a separate database. And if you look in our uh, Rails logs, you'll see that the projects um, output from the queries are no different. The setup and connection to the database has happened behind the scenes with apartment through that middleware that we're using. And the project.load knows to query these uh, databases separately based upon the subdomain. Now that's really all we have to deal with in our application on a general level. So you've already got all of your records separated out automatically, and that means that you can start building things independently for each uh, subdomain. Now the one thing you have to be careful with is that um, your main domain handles things appropriately. Now it's wise not to ever use domains without www for many reasons, some DNS related, but in multi-tenant applications, it's important to have www in there so that you get things that work correctly. Now, in this situation here, we're on the one month subdomain. I added a project called one month rails, but if we go to the normal LVH me without a subdomain, this is going to load up the first tenant that's available. And that's something that you probably don't want to do. You don't actually want that to be the main uh, application, the homepage of your application. So the important thing to do is to redirect the non-subdomain domain to something like www.domain. So when you're in production, you want to use the www subdomain uh, especially in multi-tenant applications. But we need to be able to ignore that in apartment. We don't want users to be able to register the www subdomain and then take over our site. That would be bad. So here we can um, add this into our uh, initializers 
section and we can add that excluded subdomain. Now they recommend putting it inside the apartment folder in subdomain exclusions, but I'm just going to paste it here at the bottom of uh, our initializers apartment.rb file. And I just noticed that it adds the middleware in here for subdomain. So you don't actually need to follow the directions that the uh, uh, readme said of putting it inside your application.rb because it's already handled for us here. So uh, this will allow us to exclude the subdomain and now we can re uh, refresh this page after restarting our Rails application. So refreshing this page, of course, we get an empty list of projects. And that means that this is going to store these projects in the main Rails database. This would happen just like you're used to. Anytime you're on a subdomain like GoRails, um, these will be saved in the GoRails database schema. So they will be separated out, but you'll want to be sure to remember that um, the www and the other excluded subdomains that you have are going to still have these um, these database tables in them and these routes will still be available. Now we can add database or routing constraints. Uh, we can add routing constraints to make the project's resource unavailable from the home page so that they're only available inside of um, inside of our tenants. That's an optional thing to do, but I'll show you how to do that right now. Now in this application so far, we've only got two resources uh, for our database models, but we're probably gonna add a lot more as we make this a full application. So I'm going to create a constraints block and we'll use that uh, here to wrap any of those routes that are going to uh, be specifically for subdomains. So our customers will have different routes than our homepage and our main application. So if you sign up, there'll be a certain amount of things you can do that you can only do there as part of sign up, like our marketing stuff, things like that. And then inside the subdomains, there'll be a whole section that only applies to subdomains and using the application as an actual customer. So we'll set these up in two different blocks here. Um, one is going to be unconstrained, that will be the user section there. And then the constraint on subdomain will be here. Now I'm gonna paste in this uh, regex, and this is basically going to negatively match the www subdomain. So it's going to look for any subdomain that isn't www and it will match that, saying that the project's resources routes are available if it's not www. So saving this, we can go back to Chrome and we can refresh the www on slash projects and we'll get a routing error now because it no longer matches um, a route. But if we go to GoRails.LVHMe will be able to access that again. So on your marketing site, you probably don't need um, the projects to be available. You probably want to display your landing page, your sign up process, things like that. So having a section here for um, subdomain only resources is kind of useful and allows you to separate your application out a little bit that way.
Now, another important refactoring here is that once you start to match more than just www, you're going to run into a slew of problems because this regex is going to be unmanageable pretty quickly. Uh, so we're going to delete that and we're going to add a class called subdomain constraint. And I'm just going to create it right here. Um, but we need to create a method called self.matches and it accepts a request. And then our request has things like uh, request.subdomain. We'll return the subdomain that may or may not exist. So we can say dot present and request.subdomain uh, is not equal to www. And this will be a way to refactor that and put, and put the separate logic out somewhere else. And refreshing our Rails app, we'll be able to see that project still works on GoRails. If we go to www, we get the routing error as we should expect. Now, um, this subdomain constraint probably will be more useful to have something like uh, the list of subdomains that you want to exclude. So if we do a percent %w, we can do www, maybe we want admin, and let me fix subdomains, should be plural. And then we can check instead of the request subdomain is not www, we can say if the list of subdomains we want to exclude uh, does not include the subdomain. So if we uh, remove this, then we can say, and it doesn't include that uh, www or admin subdomain. So this allows us to uh, reserve some uh, subdomains as well that won't match these projects and things like that. So you want to make sure that this is the same list as the one that you are um, using in apartment but you can share that with a constant uh, variable across your application or something like that as well. Now the last thing that I want to show you is that if we open up the config initializers uh, session store.rb file, this is where the cookies are defined in your Rails application. So your session is saved to a, uh, a cookie that's encrypted and this sets the key, so it's the name of the, uh, the cookie. The important thing here, though, is that by default, your browser is going to save the cookie by the full subdomain, and that is going to mean that you'll log into gorails.lvhme, and you won't be logged into onemonth.lvhme or www. And you probably want to change that uh, so that Logging in once applies to all the subdomains. And the way to do that is to set the domain to the top level domain. And if you put it to uh, if you put it to LVHME without subdomains, uh, then this will set the cookie and the browser accepts that. Um, you couldn't set this for someone else's domain. The browser will know that, okay, you have subdomains, will allow you to set a cookie on the global um, domain or the subdomain specifically. So you get one or the other and you're able to share the session across those subdomains by setting the domain here. In development, you'll want to set it to LVHME and in production, you'll want it to match your production domain that you're running on, of course. 
So that was a rough introduction to the uh, complicated world that is multi-tenant applications. There's a lot to worry about, and you have to understand lots of different small things about browsers, DNS, subdomains, things like that. But uh, all in all, the Apartment Gem does a fantastic job of making this simple for you um, to build your basic uh, multi-tenant Rails applications. So in the next pro episode, I'm going to take a look at how to build this on a, a basic level from scratch and how you can implement this uh, without database separation if that's something you're not too worried about.